I'm Rodrigo Nunez, and this is The Last Best Thing. It's an interview show centered around one question. What is the last best thing you've watched, read, listened to, or eaten? I ask this question because people love sharing whatever they're enthusiastic about, and I love hearing about it. In today's episode, I'm joined by Ashley. My name is Ashley Faria. So Ashley and I met a couple of years ago on Periscope. We were actually rivals in a weekly movie trivia night that was hosted on Periscope by Chris and Natalie. And then after that, she hosted her own Disney trivia night, and I would go on those. Then we just kind of followed each other on Twitter, and we've been following each other ever since. She's a really cool person. She has her own podcast on a Turkish soap opera, which I mentioned in the show. Um, but but in our conversation, she wanted to talk about the last best thing she's watched. And the last best thing I watched was Little Women. From there, the conversation took a turn into talking about sibling interactions, about jumping in time in the middle of storytelling, about creative vulnerability, and just about actors and how actors can transform a movie and a story into something much higher. It's a really fun conversation. I really enjoyed it. I hope you will too uh, sit back and enjoy my conversation with Ashley. I, you know, the story in and of itself is really great. It's just a great story altogether. I've Mm -hmm. read the book. I've (laughs) seen the 90s adaptation. But um, I think that with the bones of a good story, you can really take it and form it into something great. And I'm I am a fan of Greta Gerwig and her movies. And (laughs) I think that she did a great job and almost she didn't quite modernize it because it's still obviously a period piece it's still a period movie and the story was still told in that time but it I liked how she changed it up I liked the style I liked the voice I guess of it yeah because while the story was the same the voice was obviously different I agree totally because I did have a feeling as I was watching it that it was a modern movie. Even though it was set in, you know, the Civil War era of the United States, I did something about the way the the, the little women interacted with each other and right. just kind of spoke with each other. It didn't seem like a period piece. And maybe maybe that's because period pieces that I've seen before have been too forced and nobody actually spoke that way. Hmm. Or maybe it's because it was something modern. Um, What do you think about that? Yeah, that's an interesting take. I think, um, yeah, there, because like I said, I agree that I think that had a very modern feel to it, but I Mm. couldn't quite pinpoint that. But I think, yeah, maybe the dialogue and just the way that it was written. I mean, there are certain things that were similar to the book as far as the dialogue, but obviously it was very different. And some of the kind of, big monologues that the characters would go into Mm. like with Amy and with Joe, it was much more modern sounding. And, Mm. um, I think, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. That was the dynamic between Joe and Amy was the, it was so funny in certain moments to me. I think my, my favorite, (laughs) my favorite moment in the movie, and it was my wife's favorite moment too. We just, like kept talking about it after was there's this one scene where Amy has her foot in like a 
cast mold of some kind <laughs> that she she's like saying i'm gonna show lori my foot is perfect or something like that <laughs> yes and then it gets stuck and oh it's so good the way joe laughs it's just like a guttural <laughs> instinctual reaction of a laugh that yes. was like the best and i don't know how they achieved that because it seemed like it seemed like a genuine sibling moment, right? It did. And that was another thing that I really loved. I felt like those sister moments <laughs> were very authentic feeling. Like the whole thing when when Joe and, and Meg go off to see the play and Amy's <laughs> really mad because she's the baby and she can't go. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a house of three girls so i'm the baby of sisters and (laughs) that kind of like you're no you're a baby you can't do it (laughs) and then and then having that kind of a really deeply vindictive reaction (laughs) to burn her entire script was was like oh oh but it's such a sister thing to do (laughs) like that is so how you clap back at your sister because you don't know what else to do and you want to hurt them and girls don't just like brawl it out the way boys do. Girls are like sneaky and they they think of a way to really hurt that sister. So it all just I, I loved how authentic the sibling interactions felt. Yeah, that was there. It was a great cast overall. And I guess do you feel because one of the big things with movie adaptations, right, is sometimes the characters don't match the way well, movie book adaptations, the characters mm. don't match the way we thought about them in our minds, right? The first time we read yeah. the book. Do, do you feel like they did a good job in this one? Or do you feel like a, like maybe the 1990s one was better in capturing the characters? You know, interestingly, I think both of the adaptations did a really great job mm. in adapting the characters. Um, one thing I appreciated about this one in particular was that moment between Joe and Marmy when Joe's talking about her her um, temper and how her temper always gets the better of her. And she has that moment with uh, her mother where her mom is telling her that that's something she struggles with. And that is actually in the book where okay. her, Joe and Marmy have this kind of heart to heart and Joe realizes that her mom isn't this perfect woman who right. she, you know, they all kind of um, idolize their mother. And of course, their mother is very sweet and motherly and all these different things. But um, it's not something that you get to see in you don't get to see that side where she's being vulnerable in the 90s version. And in this version, it's just a small moment, but you actually get that little extra bit from Marmy in the book because you the book is very long. Okay. Um, and it's obviously told from the time when the girls are very young until they're up and into adulthood. Yeah. So that really encompasses a long a stretch of time and so you get more time with both of the parents and that can be hard to really compress that so i appreciated that they that greta brought that little moment um yeah. it almost gave their mom a little bit more humanity in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah, which that, i thought was good yeah definitely because it can it, she can fall into kind of this i don't know superhero type role where she does mm-hmm. no wrong or anything like that so i thought that was a cool moment and it's that's another thing, too, that it's supposed to be them from, like, childhood to adulthood, right? Mm. And the movie, I don't know if it's weird, but I didn't really get that. I felt like it happened 
the, the it was like the college years <laughs> yeah yeah it felt like they were just all in the college age and that's when it started and it ended when you know meg got married or whatever but right that was I, i'm it that was one thing i'm still not fully sure how i feel because the the 90s version and the book itself are told very linearly. So mm. you're starting at the time when they're younger and you go until adulthood. And Greta did not do that. We were jumping back and forth a lot. And I, because I know the story very well, I was able to catch on to, oh, okay, I think the past scenes are a little more warmer toned and maybe their hair is down instead of being up and their gowns are a little like, like their dresses seemed different. Yeah. But, but I think maybe I only caught that because I already know the story. Right. So like there was a scene where we get these parallels of these two big moments in Joe and Beth's life. I guess I won't say what it is in case it's a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, it's but, available streaming right now, so yeah, you should rent it. <laughs> yeah, but my my husband hasn't read the book. He's never seen any of the adaptations. This was his first time experiencing this story. Yeah. And after the, we were done with the movie, he thought the first version of that scene was a dream. Mm. And I was like, no, I had to explain that it was just a scene from the past that... Okay. There was a time when this happened prior, and the result was obviously different both times. Yeah, that that I mean, that's something that it was kind of just because of the ages of the actresses, I guess, that I couldn't really tell. But I do appreciate the the time play that Greta Gerwig did. Right, it's something that I can think of. I don't think it's very prevalent in books, right? So that's kind of another thing that movies allow you to do that books don't always necessarily do. Yeah, I think it can be a little easier in a movie to do something like that rather than a book. Yeah, because you have the visuals and like you said, the costumes and you can even play tricks with lighting just to let you know, oh, it's an older time or anything like right. that. Um, there's another there's another surprise in that movie, which I'm going to spoil because it was a very pleasant <laughs> surprise that the dad is Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Like Better Call Saul. <laughs> and... <laughs> We, we had just finished like season three or four of Better Call Saul. And then we went to okay. go see this movie. And then when he came out on the screen, we were both like, yeah, Jimmy yeah. McGill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, me and my husband both were like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a, I, it's like, I know that guy, which is really Yeah, cool. such think, a fun little moment. I think another theme that I kind of resonated with me and I, I don't know, because I, I do kind of these types of creative things, right? Like the podcast or whatever. And I know you do too. You have mm -hmm. a podcast with uh, your friend Kristen about yeah. um, EK, which is a Turk, so <laughs> Turkish soap opera. Yeah, it's, it's called it's, Erkenji Kush. It's, it means early bird in Turkish. <laughs> okay, so about early bird. It's it's a really good podcast. It's called Dizzy for Dizzy, D-I-Z-I. -I. Yeah. Um, but so Joe is also like she's a writer, right? And there's mm -hmm. this one scene in the movie where she's already an adult living in, I think, New York, right? Yes. And she gives one of the, she's like at a boarding house and she gives one of the other residents of the boarding house, like some of her work for him to, to like read. Yeah. And he critiques it and he pretty much doesn't like it, says she can do better. And she reacts in a way that, 
that is just like very almost childish, right? Like she's like, I'm never going to write again. And she, who asked you? And you're stupid uh-huh. and all these other things. But at the same time, it's something that's very relatable, at least for me. Because whenever I make something, I'm really nervous to show it to other people. So yeah. I kind of felt like that moment is like, oh, this has been happening since, <laughs> you know, the 1800s to people and probably before then. So that that was another one of my favorite moments. Do you ever have any uh, any moments like that where you're just like, oh, I did this thing and I'm afraid to show it to someone? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, I am definitely, I would consider myself like a creative. I kind of like to have my hand in 10 different, you know, things at, at a time and I'll dabble in this and that. And there's something very vulnerable about showing something like that. Like yeah. I don't tend, unless people already watched the show i don't tend to bring up that i have a podcast (laughs) i you know have done other creative things and i don't tend to be like hey check this out look at me (laughs) because there is that fear of criticism because i think when you're being creative a, a big portion of it is it's very personal it tends to be very personal because you're putting you're giving a bit of yourself to that so to have that be open and vulnerable to the world and to potential bad things and bad words and bad reactions it's difficult yeah like i remember um there was this old website called collegehumor.com i don't know if you remember it it was it was pretty big probably back in like 2005 2006 uh-huh. And it was about college-aged people and wanting to be comedy writers, right? So I submitted an article to the website, and it, uh-huh. didn't, it didn't get, like, published on their main page, but it got featured as a link, right? Okay. And I was like, oh, I made it. I'm going to go to Saturday Night Live or whatever. <laughs> and I go to the, to the link, and the, there was only one comment on it, and it said... Like somebody should teach our friend about punctuation or something like oh, that. Brutal. <laughs> and I was and I just like I was like crushed. I was like, I'm never gonna write again. Oh, I can't do man. this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's rough. Yeah, that's my so that really derailed my comedy career. If not if not for right. if not for that comment, I'd probably be on Saturday Night Live right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting how you can get all this praise and obviously, you know as kind of going back to with little women, Joe gets all this praise growing up her entire mm-hmm. life from her sisters and her yeah. parents. And they all love the plays that she writes and the stories and everybody loves it. And then the second it's only, all it takes is one person, you know, giving yeah. you constructive criticism yeah. and he's just being honest with her. <laughs> yeah. And maybe he might have been able to say it differently, but he's just being frank and she just couldn't handle it. Yeah, no. And that was, I think, another thing super relatable about her. Um, Not likable, but relatable and Mm. and real, right? Which is, I think, one of the big, to me, one of the things that I enjoyed the most about this movie is that these characters are not always likable. Not Mm -hmm. everyone is always likable, Yeah, right? That's, That's the thing about, people is that sometimes they're disgusting people and sometimes right but most of the time they're lovely people right so i think that's something that's very good about this story um is Mm -hmm. that also does that also come across clearly in the book or what were some of the big other big differences between the book and this version that that you can remember yeah um that's definitely in the book you see all the sides i think the only person who you don't see the rotten 
sides of is Beth. And that's because Beth is just the eternal angel of the story, <laughs> uh, whether it's on the book or uh, in the book or on the screen. Yeah. But that's kind of, you know, there's kind of a purpose in that. Mm. And, um, but I think, yeah, you, but I, it's funny because, you know, I, I read a lot and I've learned over the years as, as I read a lot and I love to watch movies and TV as well. And mm -hmm. I've learned that I'm a very character driven person when okay. it comes to stories. So for me, I'm not going for the plot. I have to really be invested in the characters okay. and there's something to giving people that humanity of hey, this character isn't perfect and maybe she's yeah. kind of a brat and maybe she's being really <laughs> selfish and yeah. maybe she has a temper. Yeah. But though that's going on and though they have those drawbacks to their character, you see the progression and you see the yeah. arc, that character arc of where she comes by the end of the story where she's, you know, grown into herself and all these different things and she's learned a lot and she maybe appreciates her family a lot more. Um, and that's, I, I just, I love that about story. And if there's not enough character development in some sort of a show or a movie or a book, then I don't tend to love it as much. Yeah. It's like, I have to be attached to them. Uh, is there a particular character? Um, it doesn't even have to be from Little Women or from a book or TV show that you're like, this is the best character in terms of how they developed them, how they presented them, their growth, that kind of stuff? Gosh, that's such a good question. <laughs> I, know, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and now I'm thinking of every single thing that I've read. <laughs> you, I, like when I, was at, when I was asking the question, the one that came to mind for me was uh, Chihiro from Spirited mm. Away. Mm. So Spirited Away is this animated movie by Studio Ghibli. It's... Um, it's Japanese. It's anime. It's really, really good. It's beautiful. But so good. It's. I think she's ten years old. It's a ten-year-old little girl who, she's moving with her parents, and on the way to their new house, they get like the dad gets distracted and goes off to try and find some diversion or something like that, right? And they end up right. in this magical kingdom where they're stuck, and Chihiro has to pretty much work for her freedom. But that transformation from the beginning where it's like at the beginning of the movie, she's driving by and they're like, oh, look at this new building or whatever. And she sticks out her tongue at it. Yeah. Right? And then <laughs> at the end, she's like she remembers her parents um, just by how much she loves them. And, and like she's unselfish to a degree because she's gone through so much in the span of the movie that it's just like, oh, you know, this little girl is going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great example because, yeah, she starts out as kind of this little brat, you know, <laughs> yeah. she's just she's just pouting and she's helpless. And, mm -hmm. and then, yeah, by the end of the movie, she's really grown a lot as a character. So I think that's a really good example. Yeah. And if it's a it's a really beautiful movie it's a weird movie too there's just super a, weird yeah it's but really I love weird it. <laughs> yeah and it has that aspect of of growing up like it reminds me of being a kid and just kind of like oh it's it's fine to be scared sometimes but you gotta grow up right right definitely um going back to little women then um what do you think was the best thing the movie did was it the time travel in terms of taking advantage of the medium of a movie as opposed to that of a book or was it um something else maybe like the soundtrack or something like that 
Um, you know, honestly, I think it was the acting to me, uh, okay. um, because that really brings things to life. And when I tend to be staunchly in the book was better than the movie <laughs> <laughs> group yeah. and, and I can be probably a little bit obnoxious in that way. <laughs> but um, like Harry Potter, I will watch the movies and I love them. But mm -hmm. at the same time, the books are a thousand times better. <laughs> but um, there's something about this story. Like I said, the book is really long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I remember reading it. We read it for a book club. And I felt like it took me forever to get through it just because so much is happening and mm. all of that. So this is, to me, kind of an ideal book to turn into a movie because you can condense it. Oh. And having, you know, you, you read these characters and they come to life in your imagination. But there's something about this particular cast that I thought was really good. Mm. And Saoirse Ronan is amazing. She um, is. Yeah. Yeah, she really is. I loved her performance. She was like, there were moments. There's that, like I said, that laugh when she had with Amy. That was hilarious. It hit me good. And then the scene with her and Lori when they're just like, oh, yeah. That was super good, too. Yeah. Um, no, I was just going to say, she, she really brings how complex of a character Joe is out. And you see it written all over her face and the way that she has all of those complex emotions. You know, people have kind of constantly been sharing that little snippet of her monologue where mm. she's saying, I'm so tired of women only being valued as beautiful or whatever. Mm. And but then it's I just thought it was so good because the people who are posting that to me are kind of missing the point because at the end of all of her whole speech she says but i'm so lonely <laughs> and it's like that how human is that for mm -hmm. her to be so fed up with all of these things and she wants all of these things and she just wants to come into taking care of herself and doing accomplishing these things but she's still a human and she still wants love and she still doesn't want to be lonely. And she's seeing her sisters getting married and being happy and all of this stuff. And it's like, there's something so human about that. And I thought that the way that Saoirse really brought that out, like you, you can't get that to that degree in a book. That's another thing. It's like my mind's actors are never as good as the professional actors. Right. <laughs> like you can feel it, but it's another thing to see someone in anguish or see someone mm -hmm. in agony that is so good. And did you, um, like, she's a great actor. I don't think she's made a bad movie, honestly. I'm kind of yeah. looking through like her filmography. She did Lady Bird. She did Brooklyn. Yeah. She did Mary Queen of Scots. In, uh, in Lady Bird, she was so good. She uh, was great. Yeah, but there was something about it because I think um, Greta... So Lady Bird is kind of loosely based on Greta Gerwig's life, right? Or did mm -hmm. I make that up? No, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so there was... We're around the same age, so there was a lot of things in Lady Bird, um, like attitudes yeah. or, or things like that that I would kind of see reflected in me or my friends, and it kind of made me uncomfortable. Uh, 
especially because Sacramento is like a mid-sized city, kind of like how El Paso was where I grew up. And okay. everyone graduates high school and leaves El Paso. Okay. Right? So that scene when she's like driving through Sacramento and she describes how she felt when she was driving through it. And um, you can tell that she like loves that place, hmm. even though she had seen the streets her whole life, like just driving through them felt different. That moment to me was like my hometown. It's like that's hmm. exactly how I feel about my hometown. And there was something about the way she was driving just kind of smiling or like a pleasant type of nostalgia before it actually happens you know what i mean yeah and just her face in that moment was so perfect yeah it's it's really cool to see how people who are great actors can really express so much just in a single look um i i thought uh, florence Pugh, the girl who played amy mm. i thought she did a really good job too i felt like yeah. her and Searsha were kind of the stars of that whole show mm-hmm yeah, I was going to ask you whose performance did you enjoy the most between the four sisters, but I feel it's just like 1A, 1B, at least for me, between uh, Joe and Amy. I don't know if that's the same for you. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's interesting because um, even in the book, Beth and um, Meg aren't quite as dynamic as mm. of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like I said, Beth is always just kind of the the sunshine that is there and, you know, Joe and Beth have always been kind of, they really stick together and connected more than any of the other sisters. And I think it was kind of the whole opposites attract kind of a situation where Joe has this fire inside of her and Beth is just kind of the sweet sugar. And so they, <laughs> they're able to really kind of cling to each other. But um, I think because of how kind of, polarizing amy and joe tend to be they're much more dynamic and you get to you get to see that a lot more in this version and i i really liked that yeah no it was a great cast overall i was just like is emma watson just supposed to be kind of pretty and nice and i (laughs) I, I, I guess she is at which point she she did a good job Yeah, like I said, it's so interesting because, yeah, Meg is just kind of there in the the story and she's kind of just there in the book, too. So she's she's not one of the characters where you're like, oh, man, you know, she's my favorite of the daughters. It just doesn't really. I don't know. Yeah, I have a kind of a hot take about this, that Meryl Streep, this is maybe one of the the only movie or one of the few movies where she's in it, but she's not the best uh, performance in it. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Right, because I can't think, at least off the top of my head, of any other movie where she is in it and she doesn't steal the show. Yeah. I'm even thinking of, like, um, there was this musical called Into the Woods, which I did not enjoy one bit, (laughs) like the movie version of it. But she was good in it. Right. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I don't think I've I think I would agree with that. I don't think I've seen her be in anything where you're not like, oh, my gosh, Meryl. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for talking to me about Little Women. Ashley, is there anything else that you want to let the people out there know about the last best thing you've watched? Um, I think just find good stories and dive into them, whether it's books or movies or um, I I love being able to compare 
the different mediums of stories. And I think that's something that uh, is definitely a fun thing to talk about and to kind of think about with other people. So yeah, I would say that other people should find stories that they love and just figure out why they love it. Cool. Well, yeah, just thank you. All right. Thanks. The Last Best Thing is produced, recorded, and edited by me, Rodrigo Nunez. Special thanks once again to Ashley for joining me on this episode. I, re I really had a lot of fun recording it. You can find her on Twitter at Patterns on Walls, all one word. Her podcast is called Dizzy for Dizzy. Um, that's D-I-Z-I. -I. It's a great podcast. Even if you don't watch Turkish soap operas, which I don't, I enjoy it just because her and Kristen, her co-hosts, are really fantastic and they have great chemistry. Um, if you like this episode, please review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Subscribe and share it with a friend. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. This is the Irrelevant Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.